Welcome to the FinTalks podcast series by Finance Malta. In this special edition episode, Gabriella Borda will be interviewing Ayla Crevi, the Chief Sustainable Finance Advisor at European Investment Bank. I have with me Ayla Crevi, Chief Sustainable Finance Advisor from the European Investment Bank. Welcome. Thank you. So the European Investment Bank is the main implementing partner of the InvestEU program. Can you provide further details about this program, Ayla? Okay, thank you. Um, I'll provide maybe not a few details, but the bigger picture because it's a very complex, a huge um, uh, program actually. Uh, it was built to, 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 to kind of help European economy to get out of the pandemic uh, yeah. and, the, and the stress that it puts on, put, put on everybody's economy. Um, it's also part uh, to, to be supporting the green transition, the green deal, but also um, innovation. It, it's, it's a lot of uh, things and it's, <clears throat> it's, a, <coughs> sorry. it's a very big package. It's meant to mobilize almost 400 billion euros of financing altogether with us and, and, and the other implementing partners. So EIB is the biggest implementing partner. I think this is the first time that the EU programs include several implementing agencies. Uh, in the past, when it was the Juncker plan to get out of the euro crisis, it was EIB only. And now this has been shared uh, with, with a, I think quite a few national promotional banks and so on. Um, and it is, uh, the, the main idea is the same as it was in the Juncker plan, that. Uh, the Commission provides some budgetary support guarantees from their own budget, which will help the implementing agencies to take a little bit more risk, for example. Uh, and, and that is helping to put more oil into the wheels of, of the course. economy. Um, so that, that's, that's what it is sort of in simplicity. It's also uh, targeting very much SMEs and the job um, uh, 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 job situation in Europe, which was which was uh, very bad after after the pandemic, uh, which is why, for example, for EIB Group, I should not say EIB, but EIB Group, the EIF, which is the European Investment Fund, which is targeting SMEs, uh, they are doing actually the biggest share of the EIB Group's part, um, and um, uh, so that that is uh, that is one of the very very strong focuses there. So um, that's what it is in, in very brief. It also contains an element of advisory, which is actually quite important because sometimes you have uh, people who want to do a certain investment, but they don't know how to make yes. it in best in class, best in, in environmental terms, technical terms, um, uh, even uh, economical or financial terms. So there's a big element of that as well. Um, so as I said, it's a, <laughs> it's a very big monster consisting of so many different elements, uh, quite a few different implementing partners, and the target is really to mobilize a lot of money in the, in the European economy. Very good. And, and if you not want to know more, go to your respective EIB contacts and the local offices and all of that, so they will tell you. Perfect. And what does the role? Um, what the role does the EIB play in the context of sustainable investments? Well, they will, yes, they will play a very big role and a very clear role. We labelled ourselves a few years ago the EU Climate Bank, mm -hmm. and that means uh, uh, several things which are very important. And actually, we are quite a trailblazer in in that respect as well. Um, we, uh, almost four years ago now, we took the decision that we will take no new unabated fossil fuel projects that we finance. Um, and and um, 
mostly this was about gas because oil and coal, even if you abate them, they will not get to a sufficiently clean level. So uh, gas unabated or gas with carbon capture and storage, this is the main sort of okay. water dividing uh, factor here. And, um, and, and uh, we are, I think, the only bank, public or private, who has taken such a commitment in the world. Um, so that is one thing. But then we have also made further commitments. We have said that half of our new lending volumes, like the first half, will go to projects which are clearly beneficial for the climate or other environmental aspects. So it can be water biodiversity, mm -hmm. etc. And the other half, uh, it can be a lot of different things which are either neutral or small beneficial for the for the for the environment and climate. So it's first half to something which moves the needle clearly to the good direction, and the other half should not do any harm to that needle either. And that's a very big commitment. Um, and it leaves certain areas out for us, which we have done before. For example, airports, we used to finance quite a lot. Now we only do airport security, for example, but no new capacity, and so on and so forth. So uh, it has meant uh, quite, a, quite a change for us uh, uh, operationally. And also, we ask now more not just which is the investment that you're financing now, but what is the client company's overall transition plan, for example, if they are in a heavy emitting industry. Which is the way forward. I think which this is, is a leading you know, initiative, and it, uh, it, hopefully others will follow. Exactly. Uh, so hard we try to, to implement in the beginning, but that's it. Yes, someone yes. has to lead. Someone has to lead. A lot of changes, of course, but... Yes, and of course, with all the EU plans of decarbonizing the economy by 2050, green transition, everything, that means... We need we, leaders. We, we need yes, even more than yes, this. But yes, at least yes, we have... Yes, yes. <laughs> and in this respect, it's not only about lending the money and giving the big volumes. It's also about that advisory and the technical support. Also. It's very, very important. Very good. And how does the EIB facilitate the flow of private investments into the sustainable ventures? Yes, there are many ways in that one, but let me take just some examples. We have always thought, and this was actually one of the reasons why we made the commitment of um, getting out of the unabated fossil fuel uh, industry, was that we thought that the public money, which is not unlimited, it needs to go to where it is working best, i.e. support, for example, new technologies, which are maybe a bit too risky for the private capital go to, at least for them to go there alone. And this is what we have been doing. 30 years ago, it was offshore wind, which we started to finance. I think it was the first time in, in Denmark. Uh, that is rather normal course no. of business <laughs> these days. Um, and now we, we are talking, for, for example, about a very promising technology about um, offshore floating wind farm, which okay. is, yes. uh, again, brings uh, another uh, dimension because it, it doesn't matter what kind of coast you have, shallow coast, deep coast, whatever, you can do it everywhere. You can take it a bit away from the coast, uh, and which you, makes you also get more wind because when you are further away, you get better winds. Uh, so this is something that we have been financing and, and look into new projects as well. Uh, hydrogen and battery technology, because we no, do, do not only need um, uh, green energy, we need green energy storage. Yes. And that is what hydrogen and battery technology is. So, for example, we invested quite a lot in this, one of the biggest uh, startups probably in the world that you have. <laughs> this is uh, Northvolt in, in northern uh, Sweden. 
uh, startup stuff usually about usually about yes. the, some millions or maybe tens of millions. And this was a billion project. So startups look a bit different today than they did in the past, I guess. Um, and and these these are also new technologies developing developing in terms of efficiency uh, or in terms of raw materials and everything and and how much energy they can store. So we think that this is really yes. where we should be putting our money, exactly in the same place where the mouth is. Um, so this is how we, we try to uh, offer the public financing. And then that has a kind of a two kind of impacts. When, you, when EIB gets in, we get in, we can do large volumes and we can do long tenors. So private money can, for example, take the shorter ones if they feel that it's less yes. risky mm -hmm. there. But also when we do something, we, we not everybody or not many people actually know this. More than bankers, we actually employ engineers and economists mm. who appraise every single investment that we do. And when we have said that, okay, this is green, this is green enough for us, that's kind of a comforting factor um, or a seal of approval or whatever you want to call it um, to, to private sector. Okay, this is green enough because I, I don't think anybody can keep track on all the new technologies that are developing going on. If you get somebody, okay, those guys are in, that means that this is good enough. I can also put some money on it. Now, I think this is, um, we mentioned partnerships, collaboration everywhere. We need to employ this type of model because yes. if we finance people, we cannot be technical as, as well. So although we know that we need to look at due diligence, technical reports, political due diligence, whatever, but still, there has to be the professional behind those reports. Who knows what needs to be reported? Yes. Indeed. And it's good that you mentioned this element. I mean, um, I know that human capital is scarce in this area, especially technical yes. human capital. So when I say technical, not only technical because of engineering, but even when it comes to financial engineering, because again, you need to understand what you're financing yes. and you need to look out for these. But that's why it's important to highlight these best practices because we need to look at these and you're a good mm -hmm. example. So well done for that. My last question, Ayla, although there are various financial instruments available, we still encounter a financing gap for sustainable projects that must be filled by private capital. So what are the barriers that we must overcome to unlock the essential private capital? Yeah. Well, the one was the, that we yes. just talked about. So, so provide uh, this this uh, sort of public uh, capital, which is maybe taking a bit more risk. Uh, also, provide the assurance that technically yeah. what is good enough to invest in. Uh, it obviously doesn't mean that there's no risk left, and that that is uh, and that is rightly so, I would say. Of course. Um, but I think one thing which is which I have seen now over the last few years that you need some assurance, even if you don't have the public money in there, you need some kind of definitions from the regulators, mm -hmm. legislators, what is good enough, because everybody is quite nervous about being accused of greenwashing. Yes. Um, and, and hence, you, if you have some definitions, and this is now I come to the uh, EU taxonomy, which is uh, lots of people fear it. They think it's far too complex, and it may be complex, but uh, but it, it's it's it is something that we need still. Um, so you can kind of take the dictionary, if you like, and say that okay, if we talk about building renovations, if we talk about rail investment, if we talk about uh, cement industry, this is this is what the best practices yes. criteria or the best technical criteria would be. 
And then I feel kind of reassured that, okay, this is, this is I can call this green, because people want to, when, when you finance something like this, you want to have that label that this is green. Of course. Uh, so those, those are, are, are certain things. And um, uh, the technical assistance that I mentioned, that is available both for private and public sector. So it's, it's not just, I mean, public mm -hmm. sector, I think, probably needs it a bit more like municipalities, yeah. et cetera. But it is available for, for everybody. So we can't answer to every single question, obviously. Yes. But we can, we can do what, uh, what, what our tool pack allows us to do. And in this respect, one should really not forget our European Investment Fund. So they do two kinds of business. Uh, they have the guarantee business, which is done with banks. So giving guarantees to SME portfolios, which is uh, kind of uh, risk sharing with commercial banks so that they can do more. Uh, and the other one, which is a bit more direct, is that they invest in funds who invest in starts up. Uh, so it's venture capital, private equity okay. at all stages of, of, the, of the food chain. And um, that, I think, is quite, quite an important element. Uh, so they don't invest directly in companies, but they invest in funds. Um, and uh, this is probably an area where Europe is lagging behind, for example, the US and where we can do certainly more. So um, all, all of that on the table, and then, OK, yes. we, we do we what we can. We have to use these instruments. As you said, yeah. the element of risk will always be there. Uh, yes. If you look at the capital markets in general, they're risky. No? Yes. But we still have capital flowing there. So yes. this is what we need to work on now, how to divert that capital into more sustainable activities. And as you said, yes, the taxonomy might be complex, but we need it. Yes. So yes. what we can do is now work together towards making it more operable. Yes, indeed. But at least we have the instruments. We yes. have a toolbox, quite yes. vast and complex, <laughs> and hopefully we will uh, use it in an efficient and effective way. Indeed. Thank you, Ayla. Oh, thank you, Gabriela.